is up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Ball or Nothing podcast. This is episode six, guys. Episode six coming at you today in quarantine again. But we have a special treat for all you listeners out there. We have today joining me the godfather, the guy behind the scenes. Do not look behind the curtain. The guy that makes all this possible with the editing, the technology, and providing insight, Mr. Tyler Edgerton. Tyler, how you doing, man? You're too kind, brother. You're too kind. <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Um, this quarantine shit is kind of weird and getting old, but uh, it's week six for me working from home, but definitely happy to you know still be part of the show. Uh, thank you for having me and you know look forward to, to getting to some hot topics here. Uh, love talking football with you, Joey. Absolutely, man. And, and for those of you at home, so basically Tyler was the first guy that I talked to as far as getting into the podcast and sports writing world as well. Um, he ran the website for the Birds Informer, the Birds Informer podcast, which if you're one of our listeners now, you know that that's mainly where I come from. That's where he started. That's why I call him the Godfather. He taught me everything I know about podcasting and writing and how to do sports. I guess you could say journalism, whatever you want to call it, if we want to be fancy. But Tyler, <laughs> Tyler is still with us. Like I said, um, he makes all of this happen. He is the one that posts it, that edits it, that makes sure we sound not as shitty as we normally do. So, um, Tyler, tell the people what you've been up to since the Birds and Former podcast, what you've been up to in your life with the Eagles, with sports, you name it. I know you kind of have a. Uh, a big announcement that just hit your family too that you guys just found out. So let the listeners know what's been going on with you. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, man, you're too kind, giving me too much praise. Hopefully I taught you just a couple things <laughs> um, that you can use behind the mic. Um, just quick background on me, been podcasting, blogging, whatever the hell you want to call it for six or seven years now. Um, learned a bunch of shit, <laughs> uh, a lot, a lot on my own. And, um, you know, like I said, more than happy to, to help out you guys ball or nothing, um, behind the scenes and, and jump behind the mic every once in a while. But with that said, um, part of the reason that we've transitioned from Birds Informer to Ball or Nothing, which is awesome, we got a great team going with Ali and Mike as well. Um, part of the reason is because, number one, um, life has just gotten busy, man. We had, uh, as you said, an awesome announcement, and that is we're having our first baby, uh, me and the fiance there. Um, we had to push back the wedding because of the due date. <laughs> um, but we're having our, our first baby boy. Um, gonna name him Hunter Craig after after my dad. My dad's name is Craig, so that's pretty cool. And then we're also looking to close on our first house in May. So um, you know, hopefully that still stands with all the Corona stuff going on. But um, a lot going on, man. It's it's getting busy. I, I'm no longer a college student who used to put 35 hours into this stuff, you know. <laughs> I know what you mean, man. It's uh, We're all growing up. We're all adults now, and the real world is kind of kicking us in the ass. But from a good standpoint, like you said, you're going to be welcoming a new baby boy into this world. You guys are both going to be buying a house together. So those are exciting times. Um, To transition that, one thing I haven't mentioned yet is I just became an uncle for the first time as well. Oh. Yeah. Um. Uh, Uncle Joey. Uncle Joey. Yeah. Although I, I'd rather be known as Uncle Jesse because I think he's cooler. But I'll go with Uncle Joey for right now. Um, my sister and her husband uh, had a beautiful baby girl, Amelia Rose. And with this quarantine, I haven't been able to meet her yet. But when I do, obviously, she's going to understand that I'm the greatest and coolest uncle of all time. <laughs> and that's not going to be up for debate. So uh, some good things happen while we're quarantined. So I, I appreciate you sharing that information with us, Tyler. Let's yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to a, a, a 2040 first-round draft pick for the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> and you know damn well I'm going to buy his jersey, too. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, with this episode, since we come from the Birds and Former podcast, we're both Eagles fans, we're going to annoy the shit out of people because this is pretty much going to be Birds-centric today. Let's go. Let's do it. It's about time we, we got back to our roots and talked mainly about that team that we love and we hate, the Philadelphia Eagles. But we'll throw some fun topics in there, too. Um, one thing we've been doing, Tyler, too, on Ball or Nothing is we want to get some stuff off our chest to start each show. I know we talked about oh, some I good know. things. <laughs> I know you know that, too. <laughs> so what's been going on that's been pissing you off, man, or been annoying you, whether it's in life, sports, online? Tell me. Let, let it all out right now. 
Well, first of all, a straight shout out to uh, Ali. He might just want to skip this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but um, man, the biggest thing for me is I need a project. And, uh, you know, this has definitely been keeping me busy. Working from home is just driving me crazy. I miss the the office environment, hanging with my coworkers. You know, they're, they're literally considered my boys because I see them five out of seven days a week. Um, but I need a project. And, you know, it would have been perfect timing with the house for Corona to hit because I would have been able to paint, you know, fix a bunch of stuff. Um, that's my biggest thing. I'm just kind of going crazy because I have nothing to do, much like everyone else. Um, quite honestly, from a sports perspective, the inability to just throw on the Phillies mindlessly in the background, whether I'm editing a podcast or, um, you know, cooking dinner or just shooting the shit with my fiance, I always enjoy just having baseball in the background because it's, it's something you can check in on. It takes a while, blah, blah, blah. And then really for me, like from a social perspective is I like to go out to dinner. Um, so you know, having to do the whole, like, order ahead, tell them what kind of car you're arriving in, and then them drop it through the window to you, um, just kind of annoying me personally, but other than that, like, you know, I'm still living at home, we're waiting for the house, so, you know, grocery shopping hasn't been too crazy for me, I've gone out once or twice and grabbed some things, but quite honestly, dude, the best thing about this is I haven't filled my gas tank in six weeks <laughs> since I started working from home. And have you seen what gas prices are now, too? I know they're they're the lowest ever, and I don't need gas. Same here. I totally understand where you're coming from, and, <laughs> and you know, with me, Tyler, too. One of the things that's pissing me off is with Corona, we're obviously having to adjust to everything. But with this coronavirus keeping us indoors, a lot of people have been doing challenges and social media challenges. Now, I will say, if it is a challenge that allows you to get outside or motivates you or is doing something, you know, charity driven or is allowing you to get in better shape, totally understand the challenge, all for you, no matter how corny it is, great. But currently, there is a challenge going out where people are posting their senior picks online from when, back in the day, to try to brighten the spirits of the 2020 class that, <laughs> that is missing their graduation. So you mean to tell me right now, if you were a senior in high school and you're feeling down in the press that you can't go to your graduation and party with your friends, you're gonna look online and be like, oh, look at this jackass who graduated nine years ago. That's his senior picture. You know what, I feel better now. Thank you for cheering me up. And no, you're not gonna do that. All it does is gives us the opportunity to see how you have fallen off since your senior year of high school, whether you got fat, whether, you know, <laughs> whether, you know you're not as attractive as you used to be, uh, whatever the case is. So that's been pissing me off and annoying me. And Tyler, I, hate... I didn't even scroll your Facebook before this podcast to see if you did it yet. So I apologize if I'm coming at you. Did you do it? First of all, Joey, not all of us are ripped like you. All right? <laughs> we, can't, we, can't, we can't be flag football champions in the U.S. Nice. Um, nice shout out there. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't understand how it can make anyone feel better. Just to hop on the train. As far as social media, there's too many people on social media right now. And what I mean by that is like, I'm, you know, part of a couple of fan groups of the Eagles or whatever, and people are posting the same thing three or four times. And the other thing, just to go along with it, and it's sort of leading up to the NFL draft is like, oh, what about, you know, does this trade make sense? Does that trade make sense? Should the Eagles target XYZ? Like, shut up, you. And it's funny because we're doing the same thing <laughs> right now on the podcast, but like, but like, it's too much. It's just overload because nothing is happening in the sports world and everyone wants to, you know, um, just – it's not that they want to throw out their opinion. I think that's fine. I think banter's great. But the fact that they're posting the same thing that someone else posted over and over and over in these same, like, groups um, that I'm on on Facebook, you know, an NFL group, an Eagles group, blah, 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 that's been annoying me. Yeah, it's it's – there are too many people on social media, but I think all of them should follow our show and podcast. I think that would make social media a lot better place. But other than that, yeah, like some of some of the trades, some of the analysis is ridiculous. Um, I, I mean, you get what if Chase Young drops to twenty one? Should the Eagles snag him, even though they have Derek Barnett? <laughs> Shut the hell up, Artie! Like we're not even no, just stop. Like if you need to ask that question on social media, like keep that to yourself, like because you're just you're exposing yourself. Ali will like this one. So I've actually seen, I'm sure you've seen the photo going around where Dak Prescott allegedly said that he can't afford to feed his family on $35 million a year. <laughs> I, like, dude, there 
<laughs> there is no source to that. There's no validity to it. People just post it because, of course, we hate the Cowboys. Right. I mean, come on. But, but like, dude, check your sources. For God's sake. That's how fake news spreads. Exactly. He didn't say that. He wasn't concerned about not feeding his family on $35 million, So stop taking it out of context. <laughs> Do we love to drop, jump on everything that's anti-Cowboys? Yeah, but it comes at a point in time, like you're saying, that it, it, it just gets ridiculous. And, you know, it, it, it got me thinking why we're stuck in the house and while we have no sports, what were some of the things that go through our mind? Because sports probably go through our mind 24 seven on the regular as it is. But now that we don't have it, we're starting to miss it and appreciate it more. And maybe we're getting a little bit nostalgic with some of our memories. So Tyler, I wanted to ask you non Philly related growing up as a kid, when you were younger, who were your favorite non Philly athletes and then who are your favorite non-Philly athletes now, if you have any? Yeah, so first of all, I was raised properly by my stepdad and, you know, was definitely Philly-centric. So um, there's there's definitely guys out there. And quite honestly, I feel like I missed out on some of the greatness in sports. What I mean by that is, like, you know, I was born in 94. So by the time I was actually paying attention, I sort of missed out on, like, the greatness of Jordan. I missed out a little bit on the greatness of Ken Griffey. Um, so... You know, you can always go back and watch highlights, but my biggest gripe right now with the whole thing that's going on is, like, if you know the result, you can't go back and watch sports. It's just me. Um, so missing out on some of them, that sucks. But some of my favorite non-Philly, uh, man, that's tough. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll go with the second part of that question, Joey, and I'll tell you some of the jerseys that I had growing up Okay. Um, that were, you know, non-Philly. Number one, um, I had a San Francisco T.O. jersey. Ooh. That I got for Christmas, and I also had a Brian Erlocker jersey as well. Um, to add to that, switching to the NBA, I had a Tracy McGrady jersey, was a big fan. And also, probably one of my favorite jerseys, it still fits me. I wear it like July 4th and Memorial Day or whatever. I have a Vince Carter USA jersey. Oh, nice. So, you know, being a kid, I was definitely into like video games and you would play the slam dunk contest. Vince Carter was one of those guys you had to pick. So those are some of the jerseys. Um, but as far as like, you know, further outside of that, I did always admire some of the greats like Jeter, um, you know, Randy Johnson. I grew up playing baseball until I was 16 years old. So that was like my number one sport. Like I said, we're not all built like Joey. <laughs> <laughs> another shout out appreciate um, it <laughs> um but no in all honesty um you know i the guys i admire were brian dawkins alan iverson you know chase utley jimmy rollins ryan howard cole hamels um so i admired people outside of it but i didn't necessarily follow their career what about you yeah so you know it's it's funny because i the, that list of philly players you just said couldn't have been more spot on and when I was thinking about answering this question, I'm thinking, of, <laughs> I'm thinking Dawkins, I'm thinking, you know, Iverson, I'm thinking of all these guys that I love, Chase Utley, you name it. Um, and I'm like, okay, it's non-Philly people, it's non-Philly people. But so growing up, um, as you were in the baseball, I was really into basketball. I played basketball all the time. And I remember having a Sean Kemp Seattle Supersonics jersey, uh, the Rain Man. I just thought his dunks were amazing. I thought he was an animal out there. Um, and I also had a Reggie Miller and Penny Hardaway jersey. Okay. Um, so I had those. I, I really liked those guys growing up. I was obsessed with basketball. I mean, I loved basketball before the Sixers drafted Iverson. But I followed Allen Iverson in college, too, because it was Villanova with Kerry Kittles. It was... Uh, UConn with Ray Allen, it was Allen Iverson with Georgetown. So I watched all that Big East basketball, and I was obsessed with it. And then, obviously, became the biggest Iverson fan ever, Sixers, all that. But growing up now, it's tough. Oh, also, Ken Griffey Jr., let's, let's not forget about him. You mentioned him earlier. It mm -hmm. was just, the kid was amazing. Like, I loved him to death. But now growing up, um, <laughs> it's not really Philly, but Mike Trout, obviously, uh, I... I follow, uh, I like everything about Mike Trout nowadays. And then the other one is Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is one of my all-time favorite football players, just from anything he does on the field to anything he does off it. And being an Eagles fan, trust me, I know everything about Larry Fitzgerald because he is one of those guys that destroys the Eagles. If you're listening to this and you, you think Larry Fitzgerald is good, 
Just go back and look at his career when he plays the Eagles. I swear to God, he's averaging about eight catches, 140 yards, and 1.5 to two touchdowns a game against us every single time he plays us. It, it, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. We cannot stop him. But Larry, I think he has the best hands in NFL history. Um, I love what he's done for um, cancer awareness. I love the guy he is off the field, and I just love how he's been a true professional his entire career. So those are some of the guys that I've followed now that are non-Philly people. Yeah, man, for sure. If we're talking about sort of like the new age, I'll say like um, like 2005 to currently, um, like I don't know if I've ever showed you this, but I have a I used to collect a bunch of mini helmets, like signed mini helmets. So I have, you know, Peyton Manning, um, DeAndre Hopkins. I always admired Matt Ryan, uh, Drew Brees for sure. Um, you know, there's there's just there's a lot of great guys out there. One that's sort of um, I guess you wouldn't think is Luke Keekley. Oh yeah, you know, um, we definitely don't talk about the Panthers that much, but he's just he's incredible. I know he retired and all that, but um, he really set the standard of sort of like the new age linebacker right now. But um, I'm more in tune with like you know the more current players, I guess is what I'm saying here. No, I totally get it. Um, and <laughs> it must be tough staring at those helmets, those autographs, everything, and just thinking like, man, I miss this stuff so much. Like I wouldn't even care if I was watching. Um, you know, the Bengals versus the Jaguars. No offense to those two fan bases, but like, give me something right now. I don't care. Like, give me I'll something. I'll take preseason football right now. <laughs> I will too. Week week four season, preseason football. Ooh, that, that just shows you how much we're missing that. Like, I will take week four preseason football too. Um, speaking of football, let's let's dive right into it, man. Let's let's talk about let's our do it. let's talk about our beloved Eagles here. Uh, let's annoy everybody with talking about them, but we're going to keep it real. So we're not just going to hype them up the whole time. We're going to just jump into talking about what we think this team's going to look like going forward, how they handle this off season. So, um, before we get into the Eagles though, I know free agency, we're going to talk about that. I know we're going to talk about all these players coming into the draft, but outside of the Eagles, or you can even name them too. With free agency, what team do you think did the best? And what team do you think did the worst or didn't make enough moves to set themselves up? Yeah, let's step away from my team right now. Um, and we'll focus on just sort of the NFL as a whole, um, since it is, you know, an NFL podcast here. Hopefully you guys like what I'm saying. And if not, you can just, you know, go on to episode seven once it's out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I sort of, so I know you said like, you know, who do you think did the best, uh, like, as far as team goes, but I kind of have some individuals in here as well. So basically I'll just break it down like this. I have my off season winners and lo uh, losers. So um, to start with my winners, I have the Miami dolphins and how you, how can you deny that? Not only did they bring in a bunch of talent, they brought in very solid talent. Um, you can see that there is a path there. Now they might go out and get their quarterback, but even more importantly uh, than that, they, they put themselves in a position to contend in the AFC East, which is Brady-less now, um, right off the bat. They, in my opinion, depending on what happens in the draft, they may be the front runner to win the AFC East. Um, so I really like what they did. Of course, we can talk about the Cardinals and Browns. Um, but quite honestly, when it comes to the Browns, it feels like they win every offseason and don't do shit in the in the regular season. So um, <laughs> as far as the Cardinals, I actually was a big critic of Cliff Kingsbury. Um, but, you know, it looks like they have the franchise quarterback. They go out and get DeAndre Hopkins uh, to be the heir apparent to Larry Fitz, your boy. And um, again, they have a direction. Um, for them, though, I don't put them as my number one winner because of the division that they're in. It's very hard to win the NFC West. Um, the third winner I have here is actually sort of a local tie, um, but it's the Panthers. And the reason I say that is because Matt Rule is an incredible coach. I watched him turn around the Temple um, the Temple program and, you know, finally bring back a, a national television um, showing against Notre Dame a couple years ago. And then he went to build, uh, Baylor after all of those sanctions and built up that program to the point where he is now back in the NFL. He used to be with the Giants. I was very thankful that he actually didn't go back to the Giants here. Um, but, you know, he starts with the Panthers. And on top of that, you know, they lock up somebody like um, CMC. 
you know, they have their cornerstones there. They just traded for Teddy Bridgewater. We'll see how that goes. But, you know, they're also stockpiling picks um, moving on from Kyle Allen and stuff like that. So very good offseason for them. Of course, they got to finish it out with the draft. As far as my losers go, uh, number one, how can you not have eyes on what the Houston Texans did? And just go, what the hell's going on? They don't have a GM. They move on from their star, you know, wide receiver. And then they, oopsie, uh, we messed up. So let's go trade for Brandon Cooks, you know, who's not, you know, never fully healthy. So um, that's my number one. And just to sort of stick with that, they moved on from Jadavion Clowney. And Jadavion Clowney, in my opinion, is actually one of the losers of free agency. Still not signed. He's asking for actually less money. He had to come down on his price. Um, we'll see what happens there, but I definitely thought he'd be one of the, the names off the board at least within the first week, and he's not. Um, so we'll see what happens there. And then the final one that I have is the Rams. Basically because they are sort of a dumpster fire, and no one's talking about it. And what I mean by that, you know, they move on from Gurley. Yes, injury concerns, but they also get rid of Brandon Cooks. They're in cap hell right now and trying to rebuild that. Um, on top of that, they may be as shitty as their logo this season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they've lost offensive weapons. Um, you know, Sean McVay, great coach, but they really have to pull back together and, you know, um, get it sorted out because they've been sort of, you know, moving and shaking. So we'll see what happens there. I really like that. And I want to ask you, you know, you, you said Jadavian Clowney was one of the losers of free agency. Are you really heartbroken that he hasn't signed with someone and that he hasn't gotten the money that he wants? I'm curious. Um, no, he cheap shot at my quarterback in the playoffs. <laughs> All right, I just wanted to get that in there. I figured you were going that route. <laughs> I completely agree with you there. Um, talk now, that said, Joey, I would welcome him with open arms to the Eagles. I wouldn't. But... I wouldn't. Tyler, I wouldn't. I can't do it. No? I can't do it. Tell me why. Uh, because I want to hold a grudge on him and because I got to see Wentz in the playoffs. I got to see Wentz silence so many doubters with those last four games, put the team on his back with missing starting O-linemen, missing starting running backs, missing an entire wide receiver core, missing his star tight end, Zach Ertz. I, I saw him missing so many weapons and throwing to guys that were on the street, not even on the practice squad. They were not even in the NFL, not just the practice squad. So, And I watched him put the team on his back, bring us to the playoffs, beat Dallas, beat division rivals, get there, and then to have that happen to him, please don't throw out the injury-prone card on a concussion because that literally can happen to, you know, the most in-shape Julio Jones. That can happen to um, the most out-of-shape, you know, 350-pound nose tackle. It can happen to a punter. It can happen to anybody. Concussions are fluky, and the fact that it happened on a cheap shot, there was nothing he could do to prevent that. But You know you know why I love podcasting with you, Joey? <laughs> Because I can just sort of turn the little cog and let you go off. It's great. Yeah, and I, you know, I, <laughs> I, t- I tee you up, buddy. <laughs> and, I, and I get real passionate. I get real pissed off about it whenever I'm mentioning Clowny. But now he's got me off, off track, got me off tangent, my thought process. What the hell are we talking about? I can talk- see the sweat running down your forehead. <laughs> what, what the hell are we talking about? Uh, free agency winners and losers, right? Yeah, Is that where- yeah something like that. <laughs> now that I'm done being pissed <laughs> off about Clowny. Um, so for the winners in free agency, I I actually had the Baltimore Ravens as one of my winners. Um, I really liked the trade for Calais Campbell up front for them. Now I know Calais will be 34, I believe at the start of the season, but he's your consummate professional. He's a great locker room guy and he could play multiple positions on that Ravens front. And when you think about the Baltimore Ravens, you think about a nasty front seven D line coming at you. I think he's the ultimate teammate, consummate professional, and I think he's just one of those quote-unquote Raven guys. Um, they also signed uh, Matt Judon, who they wanted to take care of and keep there. And one underrated move that really hasn't been talked a lot about is they got rid of Hayden Hurst, uh, one of their 78 tight ends that they have on the roster, and they traded him for a second-round pick. So they got a second-round pick for a guy who was barely seeing the field. I know Hayden Hurst was a first-round pick. Um, I know he was someone that they were going to be depending on, but Mark Andrews was getting so much more play and so much more run there. Plus, they're a dominant run-heavy team. Then they have Lamar Jackson doing his team. Hayden Hurst was going to be like the seventh or eighth option, and they got a second-round pick for him. 
So I really think they're one of the winners of free agency based off of that. Now, my losers, you kind of stole one from me, the Texans. I can't understand for the life of me. I really think Bill O'Brien has nudes of the ownership of the Texans because they were, <laughs> I'm telling you, he's got to have some type of blackmail on him. He, he's the acting GM and the acting head coach. I think we saw what happened when a guy named Chip Kelly was doing both of those roles and, and how that turned out, right? When you go on an ego trip and you just start trading and cutting everybody at will. So think about this time. So they've gotten rid of Jadavian Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins. Two guys in the primes of their career, as much as we hate Clowney, two guys in the primes of their career. How many first-round picks do you think they got back for those two in total? A big fat zero. The answer is zero. That's right. Then, on top of that, they go ahead and trade for a running back. Carlos Hyde had over 1,000 yards rushing last year. He looked good in that offense. Not only do you trade for a running back, you trade for a running back with a price tag that is top five paid at his position in the NFL. I actually think David Johnson's top three paid, if I'm not mistaken. And he's injury prone. So you, you take away the continuity of your run game. You traded a third rounder for Duke Johnson the year prior. You bring on David Johnson and his salary. The whole main reason you didn't want to keep Nuke is because you didn't want to pay him, yet you're going to pay Brandon Cooks the same price tag. Now, I know the Rams are eating a bulk of that, but Brandon Cooks can't stay healthy. This is what, his 87th team in the last five years? Like, he's been on four different teams in five years. Can't stay, can't stay healthy. So now you have a wide receiver by committee without an alpha dog there. You have a running back by committee when you're paying a running back to take not come off the field. If you're making the money David Johnson is making, you shouldn't come off the field. But he will because he's always injured. And you get rid of, arguably, a top two, three receiver in the NFL. So I don't know what Bill O'Brien's doing. They don't have a first-round pick this year either. Like, it's it's bad in Houston. Houston, they have a problem. Do you like what I did there with that little quote? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, just to sort of add on to that, number one, um, you talked about the Ravens. You know, it's great to have a – not a dearth, a um, surplus of a position and to get that second round pick. That was awesome. But um, as far as Houston goes, you know, I, I sort of like what they did early. Uh, I'm sorry, late in the um, offseason last year. They added Tunsil. They added Kenny Stills. And you're like, all right, well, they're finally getting protection for Deshaun Watson. Now he's just going to be even more sad. Uh, you know, there's not going to be anyone to throw to. But um, as far as David Johnson goes, he is actually the number four. Well, with the new CMC deal, he'll be the fifth uh, paid running back, $13 million a year. Um, I would have much rather allocated that towards DeAndre Hopkins, who is still, even though he's starting to get up there, still one of the best in the game. I think the way you got to look at it is, would you rather have DeAndre Hopkins or David Johnson in a committee along with Brandon Cooks? And there might be an over-under. Who would play more games this year, DeAndre Hopkins or Cooks and David Johnson combined? Like, who would play more games? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's let's stop ranting about all these other teams, Tyler, and let's get down to the best team on the damn planet. It's what we do best, Joey. I'm telling you. That's a nice transition we got going there. Let's talk about our beloved Eagles. Let's talk about the Birds. Um, let's talk about some good and bad that we've done this offseason. Um, tell me something you liked. Tell me something you didn't like, um, whether it's moves or lack thereof. Yeah, man, absolutely. Do you want me to start with the positives or the negatives? <laughs> Let's start with the negatives, man. <laughs> okay, there's plenty of them. Um, so, first of all, um, I thought as far as free agency goes, they missed out on some of their, um, you know, their prized free agencies, like Byron Jones. I really thought, you know, it was going to come down to maybe like the, the Raiders and the Eagles, and he would side with the Eagles, or even the Giants and the Eagles and go with the Eagles. Um, so to miss out on some of them, not the biggest deal in the world, but, you know, I thought we would get one very high-end free agent, so they missed out on that. Um, personally, I don't like the move, and I'll get your opinion on this, Joey. I don't like the move of getting rid of Jordan Howard. Coming off injury for about half a year, you know, he... He definitely produced in his first, I'll say, eight games. I forget how many games he actually missed, but he would have been on the cheap. Um, I think the way they have to go about possibly replacing someone like that is maybe signing like a Devonta Freeman. Um, they still need a thumper. Um, 
Miles Sanders definitely showed great stuff, but I don't want to rely on him for 90% of the touches, um, even 80%. So they need to find a second back, and you know they got him for cheap to begin with. I felt like his deal wasn't too crazy. I believe it was a two-year deal. You know, I would have been happy if they did that. Um, my here's my two biggest things with the Eagles, as far as a negative standpoint. Number one, they're still very, very thin at linebacker and wide receiver. They have a lot to address before they are a complete team um, going into 2020. And then my number one thing, um, I think we talked about this, but quite honestly, there's just no way that you can replace Malcolm Jenkins. Um, I know he was older, you know, but the leadership he brought, the durability he brought, now you're relying on someone like Jalen Mills to move over to safety. Um, You know, I I like Jalen Mills, but he's not – nobody is going to be Malcolm Jenkins. Um, so that's sort of my, my biggest negatives there. And then just one more to add in there, Joey. The Eagles really don't have a backup quarterback, and we've seen how they won a Super Bowl. Yes, Nate Sudfeld, I think, can step in for maybe a game or two, depending on who you're playing. But I feel like they need to somehow go go find a veteran uh, to back up Carson, just in case. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I'm going to piggyback off your negatives, too, before we hop into the positives as well. Um there's the Eagles have always been a team that has tremendous depth everywhere, uh, at least as far as I've been a fan of the team. We've always had good and depth. they've needed it and we've needed it. Like you said, if one running back goes down, another one steps up. If one tackle goes down, another one steps up. You look at the way we won the Super Bowl. Um, guys like that, Sproles, Jordan Hicks, Carson Wentz um, were all hurt. Jason Peters, all these guys were out and people stepped up. Now I look at maybe two to three position groups on this team, and I'm scared. One is linebacker. Like you said, they got Jatavius Brown, but, I mean, they signed him for less than a million dollars. That just shows his worth on the open market and what we can expect. He may not even make the team, to be honest with you. So we're looking at another year of Nate Gary and hopefully T.J. Edwards' emergence. Um, Some people were mad that when we cut Nigel Bradham, they were saying, what are we going to do? You guys realize Nigel Bryden hasn't signed with a team yet, right? Like, nobody else wants him either. So mm-hmm. that just goes to show you how bad his play was the last two years. Another position group we could talk about is wide receiver. Yes, we fell in love with the fact that Greg Ward stepped in late last year. Yes, we have a potential year two rebound for J.J., um, hoping that he could get out of whatever slump that he had year one as a rookie, whether it's confidence issues, whatever. Um, Deshaun's health. Alshon, everything, his health and his, you know, locker room situation. We don't know what's going on at the wide receiver position. So honestly, adding a wide receiver at any point in time in this position would be great for us. And then my third position you kind of touched on too was safety. Yes, we re-signed Rodney McLeod, but I'm going to be honest with you right now. I've said it on Twitter. I've said it to my friends. McLeod has played bad the last two years, just like Nigel Braddon. I think people are reminiscing on the 2017 season a lot when they talk about McLeod, when they talk about Bradham, guys like that, and remember all the highlight plays, McLeod's angles and tackling were bad. He was a step late when he was trying to go sideline to sideline. Um, Not to mention, he might have some of the worst hands of of a safety I've ever seen in my life with the amount of interceptions he drops. You talked about we signed Will Parks, but he's more of like a Swiss Army knife. He's on a one-year deal. Jalen Mills who hasn't played the position since college, is on a one-year deal. So after this season, who are the safeties? Mills' contract is up. Parse contract is up. And McLeod, even though we signed him on a two-year deal, it's a one-year deal with a one-year option. So you could be looking at zero safeties next year. What are we going to do? So I'm very concerned about that. You cannot replace a Malcolm Jenkins. Um, the things he did as far as leadership, getting guys lined up, playing in the box, covering the slot receivers, coming up and run support, you name it, I really think we're going to struggle there. So that's what I'm really pissed off about as far as the moves and lack thereof for the Birds. Yeah, and let's not let's not sugarcoat anything. Malcolm Jenkins also lost a step last year and was in not so great of a position as he used to be. But I think that sort of is just his body wearing down a little bit because, you know, he hasn't missed a game in, what, three seasons? Um, plays every snap. But... You know, he's still like if you're looking at this Eagles team, you obviously need to upgrade. That's what you do in the offseason. 
And he is still better, in my opinion, than anything that you have out there. So that's where my biggest gripe is. Um, we'll see. Hopefully Jalen Mills turns it around, turns into a five-year contract, and becomes one of the you know the greatest safeties in Eagles history. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, being honest, looking at it from this perspective, it's just – it's one – they should have just paid the man. Anyway, um, let's stop with the negatives. Let's switch over to the positives here. And I have um, three. So, number one, um, they finally cut Jason Peters. And, you know, one of the greatest left tackles of all time. Um, he will be inducted in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, at some point. Um, but it was time to go. Goodbye, sayonara. You know, thank you for your services. It's just, it was time. Especially after they they drafted Andre Dillard. Um, even if by some miracle he comes back with the Eagles because he's still out on the open market, Andre Dillard is still your starter next season. Yep. So um, they shed shed weight there. Um, literally, they also shed some cap space. So um, that was you know one of the things that I was quite honestly surprised to see um, them move on from. With that said, kind of transitioning into another positive, they're getting younger. Um, you know we can we can complain about it and it's sort of like a double-edged sword but you know um they did bring in a lot of people on one-year deals prove it deals and people are looking to prove it um we've we've seen it before in the past with you know just other players throughout the league who are there on a one or two-year deal with an option they want to win and um you know they they have a a different level of focus than they usually do so i actually like the fact that they've brought in you know more depth with a lot of prove it deals and then finally um, I think you actually have this on the show sheet, but anyway, one of the steals of free agency I really thought was uh, Javon Hargrave. I've heard a lot of people praise that move for the Eagles, um, including I believe Daniel Jeremiah, who basically made it sound like a lot of a lot of teams were upset that they missed out on him because they thought he was going to be one of the next up and coming big names. So for the Eagles to snatch him, um, you know, pair him and rotate him with Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox, they need to get more pressure up the middle, and they fix that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you there, uh, Tyler, on the goods. Um, <laughs> what can can we count one of the good offseason moves with the fact that the Eagles are technically healthy right now because they haven't played a game, they haven't practiced, and that's the first time in 200 years that the team has probably been relatively healthy. <laughs> but Amen, brother. <laughs> but no, just to touch on what you said, uh, the Javon Hargrave signing, I think that is going to be monumental to put him next to Fletcher Cox. Now, we've had some guys next to Fletcher Cox that have, that have helped out a lot. Uh, Benny Logan played well for us for a while. Uh, Tim Jernigan, with his first stint with us, played really well for a while. And then we kind of just had guys filling in. We really didn't get to see Malik Jackson because he was hurt week one. So we really didn't get to see what he could do. The good thing about Malik is he has position versatility. He could rush as an end, and he could slide inside too. So if you're talking about putting Hargrave in the middle with Fletcher Cox and that interior disruption you play in a division that has saquon and zeke who those two teams like to get the run game going in order to set up the pass and if you can make that uncomfortable make dak a one-dimensional thrower make daniel jones in his second year a one-dimensional thrower i think that only adds to the value of everybody else because those two up front are going to be bullies so I completely agree with you there with the Hargrave signing. Um, it was kind of under the radar and unexpected, and I really, really like that. Um, to kind of do the obvious, Darius Slay. Um, I know Byron Jones was the big ticket that we wanted, but Darius Slay is only going to be one year older than Byron Jones when the season starts. So there's not that big of an age gap there as far as a difference. And Slay's deal is shorter. It's basically a two-year deal with a third-year option. So we can get out of it after two years and not really have anything, depending on how he plays. If he plays great, we have him that third year. I will say the best thing I'm looking forward to is Slay is the best cover corner we've had since Asante Samuel, probably, in my opinion. Um, we know we've had a slew of guys that we've just thrown out there and said guard somebody, and we've seen every receiver under the sun go off against us. But if you're telling me I have Darius Slay as my upgrade over Ronald Darby, I will, I'll, I'll take that 11 times out of 10 because I thought Ronald Darby was one of the worst DBs on the planet. And a good move, too, is he actually took his services to the Redskins. So 
we will actually get to see a good receiver game twice a year <laughs> from the Eagles, no matter who we draft. Yeah, I hear you on that. And sort of something that we just quickly skipped over was the fact that, you know, adding an interior rush along with, you know, the Eagles have always been pretty good off the edge, but it takes less pressure off your secondary. And so um, you kind of, you know, pull the sheets over my head there with the Darius Slay thing because I thought we were talking about free agents, Joey. But oh, yeah, it's no, off-season moves, <laughs> quote-unquote. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, but in all honesty, you know, Let's hope, you know, because the Eagles have gone after corners before, but let's hope you don't have to worry about one side of the field now. You now have an interior rush. It makes it easier on whoever's going to be lining up um, on that opposite side of Darius Slay. And, you know, the quarterback has to get it out quicker. Hopefully those safeties can actually catch the damn ball. And, uh, yeah, I think the defense is actually in pretty good shape except for um, linebacker. However, you know, we've talked about it before Um feels like forever ago but back on the birds and former thing we would talk about how the eagles are very often in you know nickel and dime sets so they don't need three traditional linebackers they need to find one or two that can get the job done and fill those holes especially against you know zeke and saquon um you know when they're when they're coming through the line couldn't agree with more with you there um and i think that's the way they will employ it to heading into the draft and Speaking of the draft, um, Tyler, I kind of want to get your thoughts on what we're looking to do. I, I know the most popular thing to do is say the Eagles draft and receiver in round one, draft and receiver in round one. But what do you realistically want to happen if you let's just put your, your GM cap on for a minute? You're, you're controlling the Eagles. You staying at 21, you trading back, you moving up. Does it depend on a scenario? Where are you going? Tell me your thoughts on the draft coming up here for our birds. All right, so let me pull it back for just a second, Joey. And, um, you know, I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but the Eagles obviously are not a complete team right now. This is what I wrote down as the needs for them to become a complete roster. They need two receivers, two linebackers, a cornerback, a safety, possibly a center, a running back, and a quarterback. Hell yeah. That's a, that's, that's a lot to fill. Um, they have, what, eight picks now after trading for Slay? Yeah. So, you know, they can do part of that, but my guess is they'll probably bring in a couple veterans in camp, see who can win, sort of like they did with Zach Brown um, last year, and, you know, they eventually caught him. But they they need bodies, <laughs> um, to, to put it lightly. So, um, you know, the one thing I don't want the Eagles to do is trade down out of the top two rounds. I want to see them be aggressive, identify someone they want to go after, and possibly give up one of those, you know, one of those picks or even a future pick to go up and get somebody that they've identified. Now, if we're talking about the people that, you know, say I'm the GM and I've identified, these are the people that I sort of have here um, as my list. So, you know, I talked about the needs. Number one, defensive backs is sort of like my, my third um, need. So if I was ranking my needs, it's wide receiver, linebacker, and then cornerback. So I'll start with them. Um, I really like Christian Fulton and C.J. Henderson, but I don't know if I would necessarily um, waste a first or second round pick on them because I have the other needs that I need to fill first. Make sense? Yes. Okay. So um, as far as linebackers go, I really like Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen. Um, I think not only are they, you know, they're, they're not only studs, but they're great character guys. And so, you know, if you can have... Somebody like that grow into the position, be the next, let's just throw a name out there, Jeremiah Trotter for the next 10 years, and the centerpiece of that linebacker core to you know work behind the interior lineman that we just talked about, that's huge for me. Um, when it comes down to what the Eagles need, I know it's easy to go wide receiver, but please, for the love of God, draft a wide receiver in the first round. Whether that's staying at 21, and I know you guys did your mock draft. Um, I completely agree with you. Love Justin Jefferson. I even like T. Higgins, but not as much. I know Whoa. you're not too Whoa. much of a fan there. This is not a T. Higgins podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. Um, Justin Jefferson would be my guy because you won't have to get, um, you know, you won't have to give up anything to move up. However, I really, when it comes down to it, really want to see the Eagles be aggressive here, as I said, and go up and get one of those three guys. And the one guy I'm looking at is C.D. Lamb. Let's go! I know you, I know you brought this out before, but t- dude, he is just 
Now, I'll be happy with you know the top three there, but C.D. Lamb is my guy. I know you're probably going to have to move 10 spots instead of maybe five um, to get Henry Ruggs, but it, it's going to be worth it, man. He is... <sighs> I'm in love. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, he, he is incredible. He is Antonio Brown without the head case. He is a... You put him in there, and he is going to have a season like Calvin Ridley did in his first season. He's going to go off. He's going to make defenders miss. He's got the breakaway speed. He's got the route running. He's in all-in-one package. And, you know, I'll say three years from now, he's going to be a top-five wide receiver. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is a C.D. Lamb emergency podcast. We're going DEFCON here. C.D. Lamb is my boy. That is that is what I want. I, and I'm so glad you said that, Tyler, because the way I look at the way the Eagles are constructed, I understand. We just kind of talked about the defense, you know, for a little bit. Uh, we signed Nikel Roby Coleman as well. Uh, we have Sidney Jones, who another year we can see what he's doing. Um, Avante Maddox. We have Darius Slay. Um, Razul Douglas, who has been on the trade block. We don't know what's going to happen to him. So we do have a slew of corners at our disposal that, you know, can play, that are used to Swartz's system. Slay is going to follow the number one wide receiver they already talked about. So he automatically eliminates your top guy. And so I don't really know if you need that second starting corner to depend on him that much as you would, especially with the pass rush, especially with everything else we have at our disposal. So I think wide receiver is the number one need, especially in the first round. I know that's not groundbreaking or anything like that. You, you guys are probably saying like, no shit. Like we know that. Yeah, we know that. But my whole point is the top three wide receivers, yes, I would love to have any of them especially when beggars can't be choosers. Look at the receivers that we have right now that we're throwing out there. Ruggs, Judy, Lamb, any one of them would make us better. But with C.D. Lamb, the way I look at it is there's things that you don't see on a stat sheet, and that's the the dog factor. That is the the nuke, the Julio factor. That, I'm not saying he's as good as those guys. I'm really not. But I'm saying his game compares a lot the way he plays to DeAndre Hopkins the way he attacks the football, the way when he catches it for a bigger receiver, he's trying to score every time he touch, catches the ball. Even if he has a first down comeback at the sticks, 10, 11, 12 yards away, he's trying to spin off that defender, make a move on the next safety, juke the linebacker. The guy is an animal. He feels like if you're guarding him or trying to tackle him, you're disrespecting him. When the ball's in the air, it's his. So I feel like adding a guy like that, that Carson can rely on, how many times last year did we see the, the protection break down? Carson have to make a crazy throw where he avoids sacks, and then the receiver drops it because there's one defender on him. You do that with C.D. Lamb, he's the guy coming down with that ball. And now all of a sudden you got Deshaun taking the top off, you got Goddard and Ertz over the middle, and now you have to worry about C.D. Lamb too? Oh yeah, let's go ahead and go back to our run game with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. So I think an alpha dog like C.D. Lamb is exactly what the Eagles need. Is it a pipe dream? Maybe. But it's doable if he gets past the Jets, who may take an O-lineman, and if the Raiders at 12 take a receiver not named C.D. Lamb, if they go Ruggs or Judy, it's doable, in my opinion, to be a, have a trade partner with either the Bucks or the Niners and not give up a first-round pick or a second-round pick. Yeah, man, and I'll tell you what, you know, obviously it's it's so easy to say, well, the Eagles need receivers. Yes, okay, but the Eagles need a good draft yeah. is what they need. They have – it's so hard to actually execute a draft board and, you know, make the right moves. We've, we've seen it time and time again with – you know, I'm sure everyone can relate out there that they wanted a certain player, they didn't get it, or, you know, you draft a player too high. Whatever the case is, it's really hard to navigate the draft. And so the Eagles need a good draft, especially because now after paying Carson Wentz, they're building around him. And, you know, the drafts haven't been the strongest over the last, I'll say, two or three years. Um, and they're making this Carson's team. So with eight picks, they need to get it done. I like to go with CDL. That's CD Lamb, not commercial driver's license. And uh, let's get it done. We definitely have a need for CDLs. I know you see those signs everywhere, but we definitely have a need for one, Tyler. Um, I would love it. You guys don't even want to hear how annoying I'm going to be on the podcast if we get him. I'm telling you that shit right now. So if you like that, eight days away, I'm baby, let's go. Speaking of eight days away, so with quarantine, normally I go back in the town, 
I hang out with the boys. We all go over to somebody's house, having some drinks and some food. We sit down and we just, you know, we're in it. But now I'm going to be watching the draft from home. What are your plans for the draft, Tyler? What are you going to be getting into? <laughs> Joey, I'm a lame ass dude. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it, it seems like every year I do something different. Uh, our buddy Joe um, from Birds and Former Podcast, I used to go over. Uh, I remember we ordered pizza and we're begging for Marcus Mariota. Uh, thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> but um, most of the time, quite honestly, I, I just stay home and I lock in and I, you know, focus on my 65 inch TV and, and watch the whole thing, get all the commentary, switch between ESPN and NFL Network. And, uh, you know, I just do my thing. Maybe um, grab a pizza, a cheesesteak. You know, I know you don't have that luxury not living in Philly. Um, but, yeah, you know, just get some grub and uh, chow down and, and watch the draft. I'll tell you what, there's nothing wrong with that, especially when you just want to not miss anything that's said. Um, you want to catch every detail, every trade, every move, everything they're talking about. What, what we're doing this year, me and the boys, uh, the goons as I call them, is we decided to do something like this, like a Google Hangout slash Zoom, where we're all going to get on there, we're going to watch the draft, we're obviously going to scream the word bust or reach to anybody that their favorite team likes. I got Jags fans, Cowboys, Vikings, um, you know, Jets, you name it. I got, I got friends who are all fans of those teams, so watching that. And just, I like being there to see the reaction on people's faces. I like seeing the drama unfold, the shock and awe, the trade, the being absolutely pissed off at your draft choice and then just putting the bottle straight to your mouth. Like, you know what? I, I got a drink because I'm not happy about this. So I think we're all going to hop on Zoom or Google Hangouts, test that out, see how it goes, and just... You know, by pick 21, 22, we'll see what my sanity level is by then. So looking forward to it, actually. You put on here a move you don't want to see an Eagles rival make. And for that, um, personally, I do not want Chase Young going to the Redskins at two or the Giants at four. Um, He's a stud. I'm an Ohio State fan, um, so I've watched him all season, you know, well, the, the last couple seasons, and he's... He's legit, man. He's definitely better than Jadavion Clowney. I'll tell you that right now. So if he, by miraculous, someone moves into that three slot or two slot um, and he goes to Detroit or someone moves up for him, please take Chase Young out of this division. Yeah, that's that's scary to see. And I also don't want to see one of the top three wide receivers drop and someone like Henry Ruggs be on the board when the Cowboys pick. I would really hate that, even though I think they have bigger defensive issues um, and needs, and especially along that D-line, maybe in the secondary. I would hate to see an offense with Zeke, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and someone like Henry Ruggs. It would not be great for me. (laughs) So that's a move that I don't want to see, especially when I know we could trade up potentially if he drops that far to begin with and snag them before someone else does. So that's a move I'd hate to see as well. Yeah, for sure. All right. Tyler, I think that's about it, man. As far as the birds, we've we probably put everybody to sleep with talking about the greatest team in the NFL since they already know a lot of the things we were talking about. But one thing that we did on the Birds Informer that I want to bring back in honor of you being back on the show today is the infamous top five, my friend. The top five to end the show. And for those of you listening at home, We used to do a top five every single show. Tyler would come up with a random top five. It doesn't matter what it is. Candy, it could be top five athletes. It could be top five actors you like, top five childhood crushes, you name it. So today, we're going to go with top five movie villains. And I'm interested to see your list, Tyler. I want to see what you got. Man, you're going to hate my list. Let me just I say that. Am. I probably am. <laughs> um, part of that, first of all, Joey, the past 50 minutes have flown by. Um, so this is crazy. You know, just want to thank you again for having me on the podcast. I'll be hopping on whenever you allow me to. Um, I love you, know, you too. When, I love how you worded that. <laughs> whenever I'm available. Um, love to, you know, rag on Ali and, and get Mike's opinion and all that. Um, definitely love working with you guys um, so far. So with that said, um, I mentioned you're going to hate my list just because I've told you before, I'm not the biggest movie guy. Um, just recently, and by that I mean maybe within the last five to eight years, I actually started watching like TV series and stuff. Um, 
but I'm still trying to catch up. One of my biggest things actually going on right now through Corona is I'm trying to watch some of the you know greatest movies of all time. Goodfellas, Shawshank, you know, these movies that I haven't seen before. So with that said, I know my list is a little flimsy, but this is what I got and so be it. So in no particular order, I have um, the Aliens and Space Jam because it's a freaking classic growing up. And if, you know, if you can't go with that, what, what can you go with? <laughs> um, Scar from Lion King, kind of throwing it back to my childhood days. Uh, how do you take out the, the king? Um, it is what it is, but yeah, uh, we'll just move on. <laughs> um, now, you're going to crush me for this, and I know a lot of people are Star Wars fans. Whatever, I'm not into sci-fi, but Darth Vader has to be on the list, right? Absolutely, yeah, he was one that I thought of as well, so he's one of the most iconic. He, he's got to be on there, you know, even if, like myself, you're not a Star Wars fan, you know, Halloween, there's always Darth Vader's around, and yeah. Um, I'll save... I'll save this one for last. So I'll go with this. The Joker. Great villain. Um, you know, loved even the last movie where it wasn't necessarily a super, uh, superhero movie with Joaquin Phoenix. I thought that was well done. But, um, you know, Heath Ledger as the Joker. Um, the Joker is a, a great villain, um, whether it's through comic books, through the movies, whatever. I feel like he's got to be on the list. And this final one here that I'm going to go with is from Shawshank. Um, it's one of the movies I watched recently, as I mentioned. How can you just not despise Warden Norton in Shawshank? What he did to my man um, Awful. Is, is just twisted. It's not right. It's taking advantage of people. It's the worst kind of human being you can be. So Warden Norton was, um, I guess I'll call my my top top villain. What do you got? I like that. I'm okay with that. The, the The list was a little, you know, I don't know your your lack of. You can say movie. weak. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little weak. Your lack <laughs> your lack of movie experience um, is kind of um, alarming me a little bit, Tyler. But the good thing about it with this quarantine is you have plenty of time to catch up on some of these movies, especially with some of the guys on my list. So maybe you'll see what I'm talking about. Hey, man, I gotta fit them in now before the baby comes. So that's true. Know, I'm not gonna have any time. That's true. That's true. So. Let me give you some of mine, and maybe you'll check out some of these movies, too. So my list, it wasn't the worst villains of all time, the ones I liked the best of all time. It was just kind of like top five villains to me. Some are good, some are bad, some I liked, some I didn't. So number five, I'm going with Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. Um, Bane was a trendsetter. Um, if you think about it, he made it so we were all staying indoors. He was wearing a mask and he was trying to get to the root of the problem, which was caused by a bat. So if you think about it, Bane was really ahead of this coronavirus before anybody else. He's jacked, didn't take any shit. And if you look at all the Batmans and the Dark Knight Rises, he basically crushed Batman. He took him to his limits, had him in the underground jail. If, he, if Bruce didn't break out of there, Bane would have taken over everything. So he was such a badass. From the League of Shadows, he was excommunicated. I'm nerding out right now, but Bane, number five. I'm taking notes over here. All right, please do. <laughs> number four, I will preface this with I just watched these movie series since I've been quarantined, so I haven't been like a lifelong fan or anything like that, but Voldemort from oh. Harry Potter. Yep. I will beat the shit out of Voldemort. <laughs> like, you give me four years in Hogwarts right now where I could pay attention, no distractions, just give me four years, teach me all the stuff. I swear to you, I will beat the hell out of Voldemort. I can't stand him. One, he's ugly just on purpose. Two, we don't even really know why he's doing this. Like you wanna be the most powerful of all time and you're going after a kid, dude. Like you're going after Harry because you murdered his family right in front of him when he was a baby. And now you got some sort of PTSD because of that and you gotta finish the deal. Grow up guy, I'm done with you. Um, Number three is Thanos. Um, I don't understand the point of wanting to rule the world if there's no world to rule. I guess that is where I'm going with this. Thanos tried to wipe out everything and everybody so he could rule it, but then he didn't have anything. He would kill his family, he would kill his friends, he would kill anybody working for him just so that he could be the one. He was egotistical. 
Um, he killed some of my favorite Marvel people. So the hell with him. I hate him. Um, number two is Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Um, for those of you who watch Harry Potter, he plays Snape. But Hans Gruber was a badass villain. He has so many quotable lines from Die Hard. Um, he took John McClane to the brinks, took over the Nakatomi building on Christmas. The dude's a badass, Hans Gruber. And then number one, Tyler, it was on your list, Scar from Lion King. I don't understand how, especially in the Disney movie, any other character that killed his brother, then tried to kill his nephew, then tried to wife up his dead brother who he killed's wife, like on top of that, and run the same town that your brother ran. Like you're a snake, you made friends with the hyenas, and I, I just, I, I think he's horrible. He let Pride Rock go to shit, and he wasn't getting food for anybody or leading, he was just letting the hyenas take over, and then Simba had to come back and rectify that ass. But. Scar number one for killing a family member and trying to kill more of them. I'm done with him. If, That's my no number one. If you think about it, it it quite honestly sounds like some uh, Shakespearean shit. You know what I mean? It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Because they it's always deep. had the it's tragedies. deep for a Disney movie. It really is, and <sighs> Disney does have some messed up villains. I mean, I could think of Jafar. I could think of some other ones like that that I've hated. But man. None that have killed your own, own brother in cold blood, try to kill your nephew, and then try to wife up his, his widow. That's yeah, messed up. It's just wrong. So I actually, before we close out the show, Joey, I just had something really quick um, that I wanted to throw at you. Yeah. We're in quarantine. If you only had three sports movies that you could pick, what would they be? Um, Sandlot, right off the bat. I'm going Sandlot. Which we talked about. That was one of our top fives way back We've when. talked about that before. I got to throw Invincible in there um, strictly because it's Eagles related. And, I mean, that'll give me my football fix. Whew. Uh, and then the third one. Um, man, I really, really, really want to go Major League here. Um. I love Major League. I laugh all the time. You put me on the spot, so my list is kind of trash right now. But I could watch Sandlot on repeat all day, every day, so that kind of makes up for the other two I just threw in there. What about right, you? I'll, I'll, I'll add on to it, uh, Sandlot, for sure. Um, remember the Titans, probably. Ah, nice. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know. The last one, man, it's hard just to pick three. I kind of hate. I kind of hate the fact that I asked you this. <laughs> um, <laughs> right back at you. There's just so many good, out, you know, out there. Moneyball, Forty Two, even Rocky. You could go with. Shit, I, Rocky's my favorite movie of all time. I take it back. Rocky, I'm putting in there over Major League. I, I'm sorry about that. All right. Um. I actually googled this real quick. Let's. <laughs> You're cheating. Yeah, whatever. That that rounds it out, right? We okay. got we got six, right? So we got Ro six. Yeah. We got what? Rocky, Sandlot, uh, Remember the Titans, Major League, and no, I took out Major League and, and put Invincible in there. All right, what am I missing then? I don't know. I had Invincible, I had Rocky, and I had Sandlot. We both have Sandlot. That's why. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Anyway, that's our list. Well, good. <laughs> Tyler, man, you know, it's been super fun getting you back on. I'm going to have you on in the future as well. Tyler's still with us no matter what. He does the editing. He does the background. He does all the tech stuff for us behind the scenes. We cannot run the Ball or Nothing podcast without Tyler. But, Tyler, let the people know where they can follow you online. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to get back into the Twitter game. Uh, I sort of disappeared for a little bit. But you guys can follow me at TEdge23. Um, I tweet random shit. It's in my bio. I'm a Philly fan, you know, soon to be dad. And, uh, you know, the journey's fun. So, um, you know, like I said, love, love doing this stuff with you guys. If the podcast ever sounds like shit, blame Joey. Um, but, but yeah, um, you guys can find me T edge 23 and, uh, I'm, you know, pretty active on Facebook too. If you guys want to add me, Tyler Edgerton, I always, always welcome it. Well, I appreciate it, Tyler. Thank you again for coming on, man. And as you guys know at home, 
Um, I'm your host, Joey Capusa. This has been the sixth show for the Ball or Nothing podcast. You can catch me at ScooterMcGilly1 on Twitter. Also, be sure to follow us at B-O-N underscore podcast and at Ball or Nothing on Facebook. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow anywhere you guys listen to your favorite podcasts. Once again, I'm going to throw it back to Tyler before we head out of here. Yeah, I just have one more thing to add really quick, Joey, um, because I heard it on last podcast. Ali said he can't change his Twitter handle. Is he living in 1920? Dude, you just go to Twitter and change your handle. It's not that hard. I'm done with this kid. He's a Cowboys fan. He doesn't know how to change his Twitter handle. I'm done with the MB3 effect is where you can follow him on Twitter, by the way. So we're going to put out a poll, and we need you guys to come up with Ali's new Twitter handle. We're done with him. We're tired of it. We need to come up with a new Twitter handle for him. So make sure you guys vote when we put the poll out here. And once again, thanks for listening to us. Tyler, appreciate it again, man. See you next time.